Myself. She has special powers. Can you get your porta potty off the starting line? She's a total. Exactly. Don't be afraid. May the force be with you. It's your time. The storm is approaching. I can fight them. I'm strong enough now. No one is stronger than them. We can beat them! No! You there! Hold it! <gasps> we cannot choose where our calling takes us whether or not to answer. Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcomed in this space. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Imperial Senate Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby, and joining me, as always... My beloved co-hosts, Nikki Kumar and Claire Stripling. Hey. Oh, hi. Hello. How's it going? Oh, yeah. Star Wars weekend, kind of. Yeah, it was May the 4th this week. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a lovely, did a lovely May the 4th? Did you celebrate or acknowledge in any way? <laughs> I'm May the 4th agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is May the 4th, so what's the difference, man? Uh, did I celebrate? I don't know. I do I do what I always do, and I put a new hope on. That's yes. about it. Nice. It's a good tradition. Mm-hmm. Immaculate I watched vibes. Star Wars Visions. <laughs> there we go. Talk yeah. about that. <laughs> and I got, and like, you know that you're a giant fucking nerd, when literally the president and CEO of the company you work for personally emails you first thing in the morning on May the 4th. Like I had an 830 email from the president 
of our organization was like, I just wanted to personally, on behalf of our company, wish you a happy May the 4th. <laughs> and may the 4th be with you today. I was like, oh, thanks. I was <laughs> like, really amped them for a second. Before you said that of the company, I thought you got <laughs> Joe Biden himself. Joe, <laughs> Joe sent me an the email. President. Send me an you president. Email. Hey. Of the United States. I know it's a nerd. Happy Star Wars Day, yeah? <laughs> Gotta get the jobs. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's a double edged sword when you're the Star Wars person. Because you get fun stories like that. And then you also get the people who think you're interested in all of their opinions. Oh, um, yeah. Because <laughs> I, remember, I remember working. When I was at the Lego store, which is has no shortage of nerds working there, and they're like, "Oh, you're a Star Wars guy, huh?" Well, uh, do you know that the sequels suck? And it's like, it's like "Well, here we are." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 playing with fire for sure. But um, oh yeah, I'm glad I'm glad at least that was fun. It's also got the family members who like tag you into like the basic stuff, and you've got to pretend oh, yeah. to be like really excited. Mm-hmm. Like, did you watch I the got trailer? So many before? texts. Oh uh, yeah, I think I watched the trailer for uh, everything that came out the day that the trailer dropped. Probably, but I appreciate you. Yeah, but apart from that, I mean, I, mean, I like the reveals. I like. You know, discounts. I still haven't gone shopping yet, but I will try and pick up on those discounts if I can. Um, we're finally getting a Padme Black series, which isn't her in the Geonosis outfit, which is nice. Wow. It's my favorite Padme outfit. It's, the, it's, a, good, it's a good one. It's a May the 4th miracle. So yeah, that's all that happened this week. Uh, thank you guys. <laughs> we're here to talk about Star Wars Visions, which finally... <laughs> Volume 2 was released on May the 4th. Before, I'd watched a few of them. Nikki had seen all of them. Claire had seen none of them. But now we're all here. We've all seen all of them. Whew. What a, what a season. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I think, like, it's... It really was, I think, the sort of smartest thing they could have done with visions as a, as a brand project type thing um, to, to be able to expand it internationally, stylistically in every way. I think like visions volume one was like an undisputed winner and somehow yeah. this, this beat it. Like to me, every single one of these I would except maybe the village bride, which is still my favorite. I would put like every single one of these up against a volume one entry and be like, yeah, uh, I'll take volume two. Um, so like, I, I loved it. I thought the, I thought they, um, like, in, I guess like the other way of putting it is if I were to tell you my favorites, like rank my favorites from volume one, I could probably do it. I don't think I can do it for volume two. They like, there's just every time I think about one being a, like the best, I think of like two others. So, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a uh, it's it was awesome. Like it's a it's a really really great thing. I I I can't believe how good they made it. It it seriously is just like like a plus ten out of ten after ten out of ten episodes, and just like 
fascinating stories and planets and cultures and fascinating and emotionally devastating episodes and then just like the cutest, most lovely thing you've ever seen. And it's just like, wow, okay, you really just put your pedal to the metal, gas to the floor the entire time because it was that was that damn good. It was so good. I loved I love them all. And I, since you brought up ranking Nikki, I agree with you. They're all tens, so we can't we can't you know fight this one. However, all of you news outlets and pop culture journalism sites who are ranking these, um, the other thing is, even if we were to rank them, which we will not because you cannot, your rankings were wrong. <laughs> I just want to make that. You're bad clear. If I had to, I, if I had to rank it, it would not be what you fuckers are doing because you're not right. Just out of curiosity, what seemed to be like people's top choice? Um, I saw, oh my gosh. So the top choice, well, I was not as concerned with the top choices as I was with the bottom choices. That's uh, where my wrongs lie. Yeah. Um, because if you put, the pit at second to last. I'm gonna cut you. I'm gonna. I will. I will murder you. Yeah. Um. Like you're just incorrect. Like I know it's an opinion or whatever, but <laughs> some <sucks>. opinions can <laughs> be wrong. Apparently, like holy shit. Um. What were some think, of the ones? I think opinions can be poorly informed, and therefore bad. Op- opinions can be like assholes. Sometimes yeah. they stink. Because people are like, eh, let me have my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah. You're, n- you're not immune to having a bad one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like we said before, like, the, whole, the whole the whole listing thing to me is the same as when I, I can't, for the I've put this in my review, I can't for the sake of me understand why people, like... You watch these stories. I don't know how, for a goddamn second, the first thing that pops into your head is: Was this canon? Will it be canon? Should it be canon? It's like I feel like you're missing the point. Yeah, one hundred percent. We're saying not only the stories, but just the entire project. Like, what's the point? Like, it just seems like such a folly idea. Like, and it's the same with review, like ranking. Like, who cares? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a (laughs) shot at a specific review. um, Do it because I thought it was stupid. So whoever reviewed this for IGN, um, they were like, um, even though the subject and themes are kind of repetitive, uh, which first of all, go fuck it's yourself. Star Wars. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, they're repetitive because maybe this whole project is about different cultures takes on the themes of Star Wars. So, you know, there's going to be some probably overlap. Um, yeah. So it's like, that was the first part. Ridiculous. Yeah, that was the first part. That's how they started. And then they're like, you know, they're really cool. And then they ended with, I think, again, just totally missing the point, which is um, they said something along the lines of, and there are plenty of plots and interesting characters that could lead to spinoffs. Shut up. What are you talking about? Like, it's not the point. Again, it's, it's, and it happened a lot with season, oh, volume one, too. And it annoyed me because people are just like, oh, there has to be a sequel to this. There has to be a sequel. Like, just how about just shut the fuck up and like actually 
you know, absorb what happened and like what the thing that they gave you is doing instead of just this, like, it's like the gluttony of content, like it just it being insatiable for more and, and like totally missing like where you are, what you are doing. Hmm. <laughs> it's you know, exactly it's like, it. It's just like, like pay attention to the present. So yeah, that IG interview sucked, even though they gave it a nine, they should give it a 10 also. Um, yeah, keep your concentration yeah. here and now ripple again. The the war against bad journalism will never will never stop. <laughs> yeah, and I think for me as well, it's just it, like you're saying. It's like, what do you get out of that? Like, what? It, 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 and you know what annoys me as well. Actually, it's the hypocrisy around it because you know that the same mm-hmm. people are the, are the ones that complain about constant sequels. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. what, what's this necessary? Why is, it's only for toys. It's only for, and then it's the same people being like, "Well, we need a sequel to this story because uh, we need to follow the specific." It's like, no, no, no. Just listen to what the story is telling you, and you, you bringing up that point about it being repetitive themes is really pissing me off because, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, they're repetitive themes. It's called being human. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but different cultures uh, live and experience things, and light, dark. Uh, love, heartbreak, kindness, hatred. These are universal themes, regardless of it being Star Wars or different culture. Isn't isn't it crazy that people get paid to do that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, that'll never they'll never stop shocking me. It's not that hard. Yeah. It really yeah. isn't to open your soul up for about fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, Nikki. <laughs> Yeah, it's that. <laughs> right? It's, yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know what it is. Again, it's that whole thing. It's like it's not gonna, it's not gonna change. But you know, I think it's still, it's still worth, uh, worth everyone's time to be able to say that's dumb. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to uh, the things that matter. Um, yeah, let's be a bit more positive. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about these yeah. stories. I was going to say, like, if we want to be more positive, let's talk about close your eyes and pick a random episode off the list because I will have positive things to say. <laughs> you want to be positive. All nine bangers. Straight bangers. Should we go through um, episode order? Sure. Okay, yeah. so the first episode was Sif. Whoosh. Which, what a way to start. Mm-hmm. This one was the one that I think like stuck out to me in the trailer the most. Yeah. Um, because it's so like, it's so visually engaging. And I think at, um, at celebration, uh, Rodrigo Blas, the kind of, I don't know remember if he directed it or just wrote it. Um, he did both. Did both. There we go. Uh, he talked about like, what if, what if you could use the force to like create art? like use the force for art um, and that being like sort of this guiding principle of this episode, which is so cool. Cause it's like, you know, it's like the lightsaber slashes are like, you know, brush strokes and like yeah. painting. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, sort of the art being vital to even the, the character story. It was very cool. Yeah. Visually, most- I think this might've been the one that stood out to me for sure. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And the action was beautiful. 
E2, he's an A-plus boy. We'll keep him. I like him. He's forever in my heart and in my soul. Um, but yeah, I love I love the how creative this approach was to a new way to to channel the force for and and to explore both the light and darkness artistically and and through her character and stuff. It's pretty cool. And I think for me, what I really liked as well is that the artistic nature of the style was shown throughout the story. Like the way it presented the ship, like you weren't exactly sure where you were um, at some points, like the way the planet appeared and the artscape. I thought it was just a really great way of like, you know, showcasing what animation can do. And like we mm-hmm. said before, volume one was really cool because they got to explore a bit more of the anime side of things. And But this time we really got to get a nice little, you know, flourish of different animation styles and techniques and 3D and 2D and just really great, like stylistic choices. Like you said, the, the lightsaber flickers, the hilt, which I think we talked about before, like they was inspired by um, historical Spanish designs. I so love cool. the hilt design. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, so cool. I was going to plug this later, <laughs> but since we're talking about it, um, I got to do a little like junket thing with, uh, Rodrigo Blas here, uh, who did this. And I got to ask him specifically about the hilt. Um, because it's, uh, it's very inspired by, uh, sort of this like legendary Spanish, um, I think he was like a king. I think he was a king at one point, or maybe more like a sort of this legend of the Reconquista, um, El Cid. And, uh, his sword is called Quetona. And, um, the sort of lightsaber hilt is sort of very, you can see the same sort of flares that come up um, that sort of like come up around the, uh, the real life sword too. And so like, I kind of wanted to ask him about that because I, I love that sword in the first place. I was like, why is, what, what, like, when did you like decide to do that? Why that sword? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I guess, first of all, it's because like, it's sort of a, a very um, recognizable like piece of like Spanish like iconography. So I that they went for that. And then also he talked a lot about wanting to sort of um, use this as an opportunity to, to highlight the um, sort of like culture of swordsmanship in like um, Toledo, which is one of the sort of like the, the sword crafting capital of Spain. And um, that's why sort of, you have the Sith Master sword, which emulates this um, very famous like medieval sword, and then you have uh, Lola's sword or lightsaber that's more of like the um, the sort of like rapier style uh, Spanish sword. So it's like yeah, just a cool shout out to that sort of cultural aspect of Spain. Yeah, and I really appreciate and love that. The same way we we see later on, like the. You know the, the French shawl and how that connects to like the history of France. Um, just great designs, like we said. I've always been a fan of the way that they do incorporate real life historical aspects of the sword fighting techniques, like especially with Dooku. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what else they do. Hopefully, like maybe if they expand a bit more to other countries, see a little bit more sword. Mm-hmm. Another thing I like about this one, just from a cultural thing is 
using a yellow and red <laughs> lightsaber blade yes. because of the Spanish flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, let's, uh, let's grab Spain. So yellow and red. There we go. There's an, there's a sort of an ongoing theme actually throughout the, um, the episodes, especially in episode two as well. Very green, very green and bluish. Mm-hmm. Um, which always stood out to me. Um, but yeah, I really, I like this episode. I thought it was a good opener. Um, very, again, we're talking about concepts and ideas. It's very intriguing to see this idea of like the Sith who has, you know, like forsaken the way of being a Sith. And, but it's not necessarily a Jedi or, you know, reformed in that regard, but it's finding their own path. And I really did like appreciate the different like storytelling beats they get to go down this path. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how to talk about it because <laughs> Visions is so like, <laughs> It's not um, subtle with its like no. themes, <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to just be like stating the obvious, because um, yeah, it like they all are pretty like clear on what they're saying. Um, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I I I just love the um, the ability that it it's again the whole point of visions is to show these universal themes of sort of humanity and Star Wars. They all sort of meet together, but to do it so uniquely. And I think um, I love I love that moment of um, you know realizing that the the dark and the light have to go together. Like like just that constant thing of like even just with the painting, trying to keep the the dark smudges away. Right? Yeah. Like, it, it's just such a cool um, like new way to to show that kind of very Star Wars-y struggle. And I suppose as well, like you were saying, like art in itself is life. It's, it's a way to, you know, demonstrate. Uh, and I think this is sort of an ongoing theme as well throughout some of these shorts, especially um, in the stars, in the stars, like art is part of life and continues life in some sort of way. Or form. Mm. I thought it was a really cool way. Like you yeah. said, like, the darkness and lightness always, you know, fighting for each other. Uh, episode two. <laughs> now, we talked about this last episode. This was one of the ones I was looking forward to the most because of um, heritage and just, you know, the, I, I just, it just looked great. And I was very intrigued to see where the story would go. Now, I loved all of these shorts and I don't want to like rank them, but if I were to have a favorite, this is high. It, it might be this one. This one. I was weeping at the end of this show. It's spectacular. I had an audible when I realized what was going on. When I realized that the ghost is was actually a person, a shrieking, wailing, moaning Sith kind of spirit or person or whatever they were trying to imply that they were. That was the first audible gasp moment. And then when you realize that it's a it's a Sith, it's a test from mm-hmm. The Sith mother character, like the gasp moments in this, I start. It started off so sweet and so cute to me. Except I was like, "Oh, sad girl," you know, we're sad, but oh my god, your your friends and your brother and your little, especially the little alien one. I was like, "Oh my god, y'all are so precious." Oh my god, this is cute. And then I was like, "Oh no, 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 not cute anymore. Not cute anymore. Holy shit. <laughs> oh god." <laughs> That was downright frightening as well when they're when they're shrieking. I was like, "Holy shit!" 
Yeah. Holy shit. I'm, I was this trying is to a think, lot. I was like trying to think what, certainly in like a visual sense, has been the like the scariest Star Wars, and I think this is up there. Like, might be. Yeah, I can't it's up. really think of many competitors. Um, and it's so cool in how it starts. Like, it starts very like obviously there's sort of a dark undertone, but it starts as this kind of like child adventure, right? Like, oh yeah, let's go, mm-hmm. let's go, to Screech's Reach, see the good. Yeah, who didn't? Who didn't want to go to the haunted wherever? You know, yeah. who didn't do that as a kid? Who didn't go to the haunted graveyard after dark with your friends mm-hmm. and a flashlight? You know, like yeah, yeah come on. And and you know. Um, you know, I forget the characters' names, but like you know, this the lead um, young girl is like, you know, she's got this doll urge. Wasn't it doll? Doll, yeah, yeah. Um, got this urge for something better, right? It's a classic, classic story. Um, yeah, she's staring you know, into her own twin sons, right? They're spookier. Yeah, uh, who lit those sons? We <laughs> we don't want to find out. Um, we didn't want to find out. Yeah, and so like. It starts very, you know, very sort of, um, you know, for lack of a better word, because this has been pummeled into my head now. It starts very Amblin-y, <laughs> you know, like sort of a child adventure in a in a not child's world. Um, but then it, it turns so dark. And I think a lot about sort of like, are there a couple that, stuck out to me as sort of spiritual successors from volume one episodes. And this one reminded me a lot of Akakiri where it ended. I was like, Oh, you're going to end it like that. Okay. <laughs> like that's uh, that, <laughs> that don't make me feel good. Um, like I want to go lay down now, but cool. Yeah. And it, it's so, it's so sad because it's, it's again, it's that thing of like, well, you're getting that, you're getting that sort of escape you've been looking to, but is it really what you want? Did yeah, you the grass the might choice? not be greener. Yeah, grass and, and, is not always greener on the other side. Like that's that's the amazing thing, and like connecting it to the saga. Like you have you have Shmi telling Anakin, "Don't look back," and she looks back at the end, and then the doors oh. close, and it's like, oh my god. Um, oh, that look on her face, too. It hurts my soul. Yeah. It's just it's, such, uh, yeah. It's just it's beautiful bold. story. It's very bold. It's a very bold mm-hmm. story. It's very beautiful like storytelling as well. Like we're so used to the sort of like the status quo like story types of you know, you go in there, you think, okay, well I can read where this is going. She's gonna go in, face her fears, and then she'll be content and happy. Nope. <laughs> it's uh, a really great like rug twist at the end, you know, pulling the rug. And you're left to think, you know, like you said before, like the lot like last time, I love these stories, which make you think. And it's the idea of, you know, like, again, these capitalistic sort of um, industrious towns that just beat you down and enslave you and chain you to the structures. And then you, you try to find your way out no matter what. And sometimes people can escape and make, you know, something good out of their lives. And sometimes they, have to make choices and that leads them down a darker path. And I think this is just, yeah, such an interesting way of, you know, summarizing this. And there's just so many things you can think about, like the idea of 
the banshee herself, like this Sith Lord. Like, how did she get mm. there? Why is she, she's clearly been there Why for some stuck time. There, yeah. If she's a, like a legend, like, and again, you know, it's the classic Irish myth of the banshee, the wailing mm-hmm. woman who, you know, one thing she does if you hear her crying, what comes next? Death, and it's the idea of you know, like this, <laughs> the Sith like symbolizing death. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really loved like the the approach. I thought, oh, that's so cool. The design was terrifying. Um, I want to say as well, shout out to um, Max Smith, who's at Gigantic Cranium on Twitter, who worked on the sound design for these episodes. Um, hey, uh, well he, also, they, he worked on Screech's Reach, In the Stars, The Bandits of Golak, and uh, Our Song. So and he, I just I said, the Sith Banshee in Screech's blew me away, so haunting, and he replied... When we were spot uh, when we were spotting the sound of the filmmakers on that shore, I asked, "How scary do you want the first scream to be?" And I have to say, they did a great job. Terrifying! I like jumped out of my skin. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, no, no!" Goosebumps. Also, like, just what I love about these shorts too is that somehow they do that. They it's not like they're you know the talent they get on board doesn't always drag it down. Like you know, cause sometimes you may think, "Oh." That's that name that might pull me out of it, you know, like, a bit like Neil Patrick Harris in the first one. Um, <laughs> there's one in this which I just love, which is the Sith Mother is Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, I gotta um, re-listen to that. <laughs> what? Straight I did up. not realize that. <laughs> oh, straight up witch's energy. I loved it. It's yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Um, we were told it at uh, celebration. It's just like one of those. God damn! Yeah, okay, they, well. they put the headshots of like the all of them, right? Like the whole yeah, the cast for all of them, and there were so there's so many that like stuck out, and it was cool to to hear what they did. It's wild, and they were pretty excited about Angelica Houston, the uh, the director of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved everything about it. It just really rang out to me, like the idea of like, and again, it's the it's the idea of these are universal themes, and like if you go in it without thinking about it you're like okay yeah we've already done this we've already done this but actually what it's telling you is that these themes and these ideas and struggles are universal throughout different cultures so like we'll talk about later on like the, the Golak episode and you know, like imperialism in terms of India but also in terms of Ireland as well like you know being forced to work and you know suffering and not getting anything out of it. That's literally what happens to Ireland too. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't get talked about as often. Um, and again, like we said, like people, the result of that was that people left. Some went off to do good things, some went off to do, I'm sure, terrible things, but it's the way that fate decides these stories. And I think that's just really interesting like to delve into that and, again, tie into mythology and our different cultures and how we have our own way of exploring those themes because the universal is just the way we tell them isn't always but yeah, yeah. It's cool. yeah pretty cool <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's it's a it was a wild episode um yeah yeah just it's it's i always find it interesting in how they like because it, it like they don't just you know pull them out of a hat and then that's the order like they're the the choice is made on where you place things and like like so similar to akakiri like i was surprised that was the last one of volume one where you're just kind of like <laughs> oh like i like, get you imagine like ending 
volume two on Screechers Reach, it'd be like, oh, oh. I'm going to go lie down then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very interesting that, you know, Sith was very action heavy, very, you know, cool and stylized, very sort of bombastically. And then they then they take you to a quiet one. It's kind of dark. And and then, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very cool one two punch to start the the season with definitely and then up next we have in the stars which i know is a favorite oh yeah i think like yeah this is this is in in contention (laughs) for my favorite i think if if i had to like narrow it down to like two or three it would this would be one um yeah this one was special i remember i just love how everybody i've heard like whenever I saw people talk about it, they're like, "I cried so much." <laughs> yep. Because um, yeah, it's it's so beautiful. It's uh, it, first of all the the animation style, like the stop motion, so I think is, is so cool so in cool. this one. Um, and and then speaking of like spiritual successors again, to me this felt very like very in the same um spirit as the Village Bride, which is as I said before, like my favorite thing from visions. Um, and it, it just reminded me of that with sort of like the, the sort of hiding away from your, your abilities, um, the connection of nature and the force and like how, you know, this, this planet has a very sort of special connection and ability to these people. Um, and it's being, you know, exploited by um, specifically in this one, like sort of the industrialism, but, to connect the two just sort of exploited by bad actors. Um, so yeah, that, that reminded me a lot of that. And, and then the, the episode itself is just, it's so great at, again, these, these are universal themes of, of life of, you know, the, the power of those who, who pass on, who, who go, who are no longer here and the strength of the people who, who stay behind and, just sort of like the the ability to connect those two and and do it in a way that involves Star Wars powers and the Empire and like that's it's it's so cool it, it was just it's a really really like beautiful exploration of all that yeah like the imperialistic nature of the episode was really well done and of course that's you know like we were saying the the cultural teams behind this they've lived through it um. And they, you know, in a lot, of, in a lot of places, they still are living through it. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's the way that imperialism isn't just a a force of just, um, you know, like an army coming in. It's it's more than that. It's more it's it's more evil than that. It's about erasing culture or worse, um, manipulating Entire culture, people. taking culture for yourself and re- reutilizing it. Assimilation. Um, Assimilation, yeah. We are Steve Okay, jeez. All right, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> One Star Trek reference this episode, Mister. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah. it is. It and, is like that's what makes the Empire the Empire, right? It's yeah. It's the the erasure of individuality, of you know the idea that you can be, um, what makes you special as opposed to a cog in the machine. And it's the hypocrisy as well, again, of the, and then like in real life, you know, like the, you know, the British Empire, 
It's it's erasing what makes you special whilst profiteering off the specific thing that you can grow or create or manufacture. It's it's just you know, cruel. It's you know selling what you can make and then telling you that what your whole thing is useless. It's it's just it's a particular type of cruelty that, you know, sadly still exists and you see it often. Yeah. Um, the way they explored it in the episode was beautiful. I love the um, like you were saying, the, the design was amazing. The ATST and the like, the, the Imperials like stop motion was just so really cool. cool. And the way that they gave us backstory on the culture of their planet and their beliefs about how their family is after they die, they become a star, which looks down upon you, but they can't see them because of the smog. Mm-hmm. But doing that through the the painting, the art that's Oh my god, that that child is like using the last of their water to do, and you're like, oh my god, the naivety, naivete of that child that it just thinks get that they have get in my belly. Um, it just I, the that relationship, that core relationship between that child and her older sibling, and the force in general. I just, my whole heart, man, the way that they animated it and the way that they told it both through the artistic, the movement of the drawings and through the stop motion. Oh my, just fucking stunning. All of it's stunning. And all of it hurt my heart from like start to finish. My whole soul and thinking this child is the one who's force sensitive, but it is a child and hasn't really honed their skills. I'm like, that's just this kid is. And then when the sister sibling, when the sibling, I can't. I can't yeah. catch her, her in midair. Mom. I'm like full yeah. tears, full it's tears. So so uh, just like mom. And she, oh, I can't. It also, broke me. We haven't really talked about it too much yet, but shout out to the music, which I think has been spectacular in each of the shorts. And yes. Again, you know, it ties into yeah, the, the, the cultural identity. Like, just really good. Yeah. And this was um, the, I think, uh, punk robot yeah is the chilean um yes. studio so so yeah the, the the point about the sort of colonization and industrialization the abuse of the land is is very intentional <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah no it was it was uh it was special i mean again we we were lucky enough to go to that panel at celebration and and hear from them themselves like how you know it's it's so it's so vital to how they tell these stories they're like their own experience and their own culture it's it's uh, yeah it's what it's what makes visions as a whole just such a special project yeah it's almost like star wars in itself it's like a canvas that they can use to you know explore their own stories and themes that we see in real life crazy right it's Who'd almost f- like these stories reflect our real world and existence that we live in. Shocker. Uh, that's very unrealistic. Uh, I wonder where the name Stormtrooper came from. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe like we've been doing this forever. <laughs> He's the first person to ever use that term. Uh, the next uh, short was I Am Your Mother. <laughs> yeah. <Which, laughs> this is so much fun. It's so much fun. It's the one we nice. watched at Celebration. Yeah. Uh, I've, watched it, I've watched it the most out of all of these, just for pure joy. 
Um, oh, yes. The armor <laughs> shot, so good. What I love about this one is that, like, again, it's it's like specific like cultural beats, which are very interesting because they are, in a way, you know, we all can relate to them, but also there's like a specific cultural like pinpoint about these. And there's a very British thing about this one, which is that it's based on sports days, which I don't think you <laughs> get in America. No. Um, but, like, parents get really, 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 like, into it and, like, aggressive and, like, want their kid to win. And sometimes there's, like, bits where, like, the parents race each other and, like, they're all cheating. It's mm-hmm. big, big energy in this episode. Really fun. You know, the British humor, but also heart and... Yeah, really fun. Loads of Easter eggs. I got to see a few more this time. I don't know if you about you guys, but I saw another Wallace and Gromit uh, Easter egg, which was fun. I love it. It's the uh, and I appreciate them. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I think it's in her room, the main character's room. Uh, there's the orange rocket from the first Wallace and Gromit movie, A Grand Day Out. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's also the, the yes. cheese, the cheese robot, the one that like makes. Like it's just the rubber yeah. it's, it's yeah. in the background as well. Yes, I love it. Yeah, and, yeah, I liked it. Oh, sorry. So I noticed the first time when I watched it was uh the Harrison Dula poster, which was really fun. Hmm. I still like Wedge. Like <laughs> everything like, about Wedge. Like just sort of like trying to get his merch out. <laughs> <laughs> and have it be Dennis up. Lawson yeah. voicing Wedge getting his merch out. I'm, I'm so annoyed that I didn't know he was going to do this because I met him at a signing this celebration. And I was oh, like, man, man. If only I would have known that we were going to have a very funny version of Wedge show up. Oh, I love it. I This episode, like, especially after two well, three pretty heavy-hitting episodes emotionally. Um, this still got me in my feels a little bit because who hasn't been in that spot where, like, you're afraid of a family member – or not afraid, but you're embarrassed of your mom or your family member, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so fun. So cheeky, adorable, baby Wookie ripping arms off of stuffed animals. Um, just lovely, silly – adorable from start to finish and i just that it just made me so happy it was a good breath to take after those intense and emotionally um draining previous episodes um mostly draining in a good way but like oh my god was this fun i just i it's adorable it was so fun and great humor um yeah i just it was it was nice i liked it i like i like this one sort of being like the the flagship of what feels like a lot of volume two's um, sort of focus. There's a lot of, uh, I sort of noticed like throughout, there's a lot of mother child kind of story and um, especially like sibling story going on like it through most of these episodes. I thought like that kind of stuck out to me. Like there's a lot of um, that sort of seems to be like the key key relationships that are like explored like so many of these are about siblings or like in the stars yeah. and, and this one uh, sort of the relation in the stars being both like the relationship to the mother and to each other and so i yeah this is kind of like the very it, like it's i like that they were able to show this one at celebration sort of like the first 
um, the first entry one because it was, yeah, it sort of represents what I think is like a very wide kind of theme for just the whole season. Yeah. And for Star Wars in general, I mean, the whole, the whole six original six episodes are surrounded by the relationships between a father and his son and, you know, that kind of parental or brother-like dynamic when it comes to Obi-Wan and Anakin and, and, you know, what happens when you love people and, and, you know, there's some tension there. Anyway, it's just, it's almost like they watched the Star Wars movies before they made this. It made me happy. And I love that that was a central theme of this season and that so many cultures from across the globe, so many of animation studios from different countries in the world, that was what they all picked up on together. It was pretty cool. I mean, well, I love that um, this was technically the first time we ever got to see Trandula <laughs> in like, uh, oh any, my God. like any visual format. <laughs> Uh, which is fun. Yes. Because <laughs> it's Hannah City, which I only picked up on the second time. Also, mm-hmm. what I picked up on the second time, I don't know if you knew, you guys saw this, but there's a really specific Easter egg about like Luke Skywalker. No. So I gotta watch it again. Remember. In the marketplace, they are selling what appears to be, the way they describe it is things touched by Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh my gosh. And oh my God. there's <laughs> there's Luke's hand. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like that was kind of touched by him. Um, <laughs> there's the uh, the T fourteen ship. There's the helmet that he wore in the Millennium Falcon with the um, the training droid. Mm. And then there's Anakin's lightsaber. <laughs> but if you watch this carefully, uh, the director Magdalena talked about this, and I can't believe I missed it. Um, they, they try to they have like a specific canon explanation for something that happens in the films, um, or at least they like jokingly they're like, saying, "Oh, this is what it was." I'm going to send you a picture, and if you watch the uh, the episode again, you will be able to see this in that scene. So the first time you see him, like when they're walking by, there's a Jawa who's selling all this stuff, which you can see here. But if you watch carefully as they're walking and talking. Somebody steals the lightsaber, and I don't know if you oh. can see it in that second picture. Let's see. Oh, that's hilarious! Ah, come on, second picture, come up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's again like they're they're like oh the most God. clever people. Um, just the way they. They wield all this. I, I just remember watching it for the first time and just being like, "Man, they're so smart!" Like, like just, they have they have just the best sense like sensibility for for doing the playful. Yeah, we, we, and we it was got, made with love, with so much love. We got a little Mad Kanata cameo. Oh my god! Um, but also, yeah, like you were saying, Nikki, about like the playfulness. I remember there was one specific scene in the episode that we all like sort of looked at each other. And we're like pissing ourselves laughing. And it's the scene with the baby Wookiee. Mm-hmm. He's like, he rips the arms of the teddy bear and like points at them and they're like, oh shit. Yeah, I, died. A, a great, Reader, I died. It's a great I moment. I also love the uh, the locking of the the, the ship with the like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, uh, after that, we have the next episode after that, Journey to the Dark Side, which was one that I wasn't like too Dark amped head. about, but I loved it. Dark Head. The Dark Head? What did I say? Dark Side. Dark Side, <laughs> the dark yeah. Side. The um, Dark Side of yeah, it. My bad. I think, like, again, like, zero, zero indication of quality. I thought this one was awesome. And the action was so cool. The characters were really cool. Um, I think it's the one I think the least about in terms of volume two, because it felt the most like a volume one. I think yeah. that's the way I see it. Like, cause it's just that style. Like it's the, the, the sort of more conventional anime style. Um, so I think like, that's why I think about it less in terms of these stories, because um, the other ones are so like different in how they, you know, approach just the sort of artistic style of Star Wars. Um, but I, I still think this one was super cool. Like the, the sort of going into a different, um, I think they said it's like an old Republic kind of story. Um, and just this sort of like, you know, this vague Jedi Sith war. And I, I love the, the notions of sort of prophecy and all that. And it's, it was, and again, it's sort of going back to the, repetitive themes <laughs> um it's like you know the you can't you can't just destroy the dark right like they they are together you know uh light and dark mixes and so yeah i thought this one was super cool i thought the, the design the characters um very fun yeah, for me, I really like the just everything about this one. I don't know about you guys, but did you watch it with the English subtitle, uh, the English audio, or with the uh, South Korean audio? English. I want to rewatch though with dubs. I think on the uh, or with subs. There we on go. On the screener, it only like this. The screeners only did. Uh, they all did English, except this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, so yeah, I was I was at first confused, and I was like, wait. Okay, I got to turn the subtitle on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this one I got in Korean. Yeah, so I watched it in Korean too, and actually it was really it was really fun. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed the like the the voice work. Um, like you were saying, it's just, it's great to have like an old Republic story. This annoyed me because it might make me interested in the old Republic for the first time. <laughs> Sucker hooked you, loser. She's all right, just kidding. Know. I like the old Republic stuff. Um, <laughs> No, but yeah, like you said, it's like it's a universal theme. It's the idea of accepting that there's always going to be balance. There's always going to be light and dark. It's just how we go about it. Um, it's just fun, pure Star Wars. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I love the action. <laughs> the action, like blocking and cinematography, is so cool. It's it's peak like what you want out of anime. I'm very intrigued to hear what the English uh, audio sounds like because the. The Jedi was played by um, one of the Try Guys. Wait, what? <laughs> it's, it's Eugene from the Try Guys. Oh, that's funny. What? And yeah, Daniel well, Day Kim is the, the. And Daniel Day Kim. Yeah. 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 But don't. What, I didn't real. I didn't realize that. I gotta re-listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? That's great. Also, in the Armin one, uh, Von People, the little kid, the douchey kid, uh, mm. was played by BB Cave, who is the sister of Lavender Brown from Harry Potter. Oh my god, that's <laughs> funny! <laughs> oh man, uh, 
they got like a funny like sibling podcast which is really good check them out on instagram but yeah i love that love the voice acting guests yeah there's a lot of good ones this time around i mean and last time around all times around really um <laughs> but no i liked Crazy. this one a lot um this felt a little more like visions volume one and that's a good thing and visions volume two is is also a good thing basically it's all a good thing um but I really, really, really enjoyed, you know, I love one of my, I mean, one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all of the times is The Last Jedi. And I love the whole concept of powerful light, powerful darkness, and in the center balance. That's like some of my favorite shit. Am I saying that I like, is that gray Jedi or thing? No, but I love talking about the balance between the light and the dark and this and, you know, Jedi prophecy or like force prophecies and stuff. I love everything that was explored in this and how they teamed up with, you know, an, a merchant is I think how they described her and, and a young Jedi who's struggling, you know, with the pull of a Sith Lord who's been calling to him in his dreams. It's like neat. Neat. I liked all of it. I thought it was pretty cool. That's my in-depth analysis of that. <laughs> It was also just very visually appealing. Like it reminded me a lot of the Gendi, like the first series of the Gendi mm-hmm. Clone Wars. Like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Fancy of like massive statues and like ridiculous something, landscapes. Yeah, something also kind of that I, I think about a lot when it comes to visions is how a lot of the stories like do their own take on the lightsaber. Yeah, to where you get used to like just seeing them differently, and then it's like cool to actually just see like a normal lightsaber um so like yeah i thought it was it was again cool to like do the anime style but also have it really rooted like design wise in like you know with those like specific things like it was cool to just see like an anime lightsaber be a lightsaber also definitely yeah it was a cool episode man yeah it's very cool it's very like a classic action sort of um, journey. Very cool. Yeah. And it was cool to see, you know, their interpretation of the Jedi temple and, and training and, and yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Great action. Okay. And then after that, we have episode six, the spy dancer, which is another one that I was really looking forward to it. You know, I think we talked about this last week as well, like the idea of the historical background and, you know, the French spies during World War Two, and just, yeah, like the underground and using the catacombs. We see like a little bit of that uh, Parisian influence in this planet, uh, like the underground sewers in the catacombs area, which I thought was really cool, how it connects to the theaters. So, yeah, really interesting story, a visually spellbinding one as well. Like, it was just really great to see all of that come together. So yeah, what did you guys think? <laughs> yeah, the, the spy dancer is, um, I think in contention for my favorite also, like it's, it's one of the, it's one of the competing, um, front runners. Uh, I think like, I, I, I didn't expect the story to be as sort of like grand and, and sweeping as it was. Um, Cause, cause it could have been, I remember when they, when they teased it at celebration, it could have been like very contained and it, um, 
it still kind of was in that it mostly takes place in the same setting um, of this sort of like, not quite opera house, but, you know, like big uh, um, sort of venue. And, and it's, it's, it all sort of happens there, but it's still so like sort of operatic and, and grand and there's so much at stake and it the animation is is so stunning um i yeah. it like it's one of the most like artistic sort of like um like just thinking of all the the ways when um i forget i forget the characters names all the time <laughs> but uh it's almost like it's funny because it's like visions it's like the names aren't even important it's it's like no. the funniest thing um uh, which character is it is it the main yeah, like the Lowy. main one when she like comes uh, down. Yeah, she like comes down for the first time, and like the it's like the trailer shot where like all the sort of um, fabric like flies out, and it she looks like Jean Jacket from um, Nope. <laughs> um, like yeah, it's just it's just super cool. It's a it's a super cool uh, story, and um, again going on that theme of sort of mother and child um it it, go, it touches on that as well and and yeah it's yeah, i was so impressed with it it was it was so much uh a lot to take in and and just so cool to watch yeah it, it really was and like there were it, like it it just can't begin to describe how like stunning it was and how um suspenseful in so many ways it was i was like there were a couple like actual gasp moments that came out of me, like when she notices the Imperial with the cane and she falls from this from her sky dancing and gets caught by the apprentice. Um and like that just absolute gasp, intense moments, great action. Um, as somebody who just recently watched the end of Carnival Row, uh for, I don't know if either of you did watch Carnival Row, but um, for those of you Carnival Row watchers, uh, all two yeah, of you, son, <laughs> all two of you out there. Well, you know, you watch, the, you got to commit to the full thing. It's only it's, after, it's only two seasons, and it's got a handsome Orlando Bloom and a really really stunning Cara Delevingne in it. You just kind of got to you got to push through and finish it. You know, it's only one more season, so you know. Uh, for those of you who watched that show, uh, you may uh, have had some flashbacks to that Imperial Sun, and and you will understand why. I had a couple, oh shit, Carnival Row moments um, through that. And yeah, I thought it was just, it really was a beautiful story and, and visually a, a stunner. And I want to just know more about all of them. But guess what? It's okay if I don't. It's all good. It's funny what you were saying as well, Nikki, like the the way we were like promised and like sold to the story was really fun because it was just in my mind, I was expecting a fun little sort of rebel story of, you know, <laughs> espionage. Didn't he say there was no fighting? I think, yeah. I could have sworn he did. Cause he was he's... like, all the, all the action scenes are like very, um, crude medium of dance and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, which to be <laughs> fair, it's, kind of it, true. it's true. It's true, but it's also, Super actiony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what I was expecting was like I was really intrigued by the the sort of storyline thread of the Sabbath like, you know, espionage, but then of course it's Star Wars and it throws in this really like 
intricate like idea of you know losing a child and being dragged away from your family and being turned against you and you know, manipulation and possible redemption and like there's so much story just packed in there within relatively mm-hmm. what, like 18 minutes or 15 minutes mm-hmm. that was just so beautiful so well done and yeah the designs for us like top notch i really do appreciate just the way that star wars does this all the time and i know that it's become a joke especially like hasbro figures but the way you can take an iconic design and then just change a few things about it to make it look cool <laughs> that the, the uh the rx droid yeah and then you're like let's just give it red eyes and it's like okay it looks cool i love it <laughs> like it just yeah pretty awesome yeah and i think like it, it's it's so cool because um you know based on it's based on those those stories of the you know the french resistance and um it is it's it's so classically sort of star wars as well because even though there's so much like of the darkness and 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 loss and like technically nobody really wins in this episode but it still ends with hope and it's still very star wars in that way you know it it's it sets it up for um as you say redemption reunion and yeah it's it's very it's it's just very yeah it's it's so good and so like everything is so purposeful um from a story standpoint like elements they introduce always come back um nothing is nothing is you know done done just you know to do it for the hell of it um so i i loved it i thought uh what was the studio la cachette i think um yeah from france uh yeah they they did an amazing job um and like again it's like i remember i remember watching um i think it's julian julian chang at uh celebration and you know it's like when you when you see it's i think it's it's why we knew like all these were gonna just rock because it's like we we got we're lucky enough to see everybody who like worked on these things talk about Mm it and you know the spy dancer was was no no exception to that it was it was like just hearing them talk about it knew how we all knew how like special it was going to be and and this one really was another thing that i really like and i think what's really fun about the whole again different creative teams from different cultures is that they get to imbue their culture within star wars so a little bit like with Ryloth, like how you know there's the, the French speaking citizens. Mm-hmm. I liked how the planet was obviously clearly based on like Paris and like you know like, the, like I said the catacombs, the zoo is the, the mm-hmm. artistic district, but also in terms of you know, the, the people speak French, and that's similar to the next story as well. If we want to dive into that, which is like the Bandits of Golak, which I thought was really great as well. Like the planet itself is sort of like a representation of you know where the uh, where the creators come from and you know the different cultures around that um should we talk about the bandits of Golak? now nah, we can skip that one <laughs> yeah you didn't like this one did you <laughs> <laughs> now nah, this one was super cool super cool and um i like um i think when we saw the trailer for it uh for visions there, there were so many shots where I kept, I kept thinking like, oh, that's, 
that's India. Like that's just India in Star Wars. Um, and I thought that was such a cool thing. And it's, it was like the crux of my, my question that I got to ask at the, at the press conference to the head of, um, 88 pictures, which did this episode. And cause it was like, you know, Star Wars for so long has been borrowing from, you know, India, like the spiritual philosophies, the, um, the fact that there are characters named Padme and Ahsoka, like it's, it's constantly borrowing from, from Indian culture. And like, this felt like the first time where like, it wasn't just borrowing. It was, it was presenting. Um, and so I thought that was super cool. And, and when, you know, just watching it even more through, um, you know, being able to watch the whole episode, you just see how many little things are there. I mean, the train. Uh, I don't know how many images of like both in Bollywood and just in general of there are of people like on top of trains in Indian like media. Um, so like just the idea of a train first being central to um, the story felt so, so just like Indian in general. And then the architecture character design the clothes um the voices you know it was it was all there and and the sort of uh bollywood villain inspired inquisitor um, oh my god it was so cool uh oh. and and like he just had such epic presence and and even then the um uh the sort of candy they eat which i think she calls lubby um is is based off of uh, a, a sweet called Jellyby. So it's sort of just like, Oh, I love that. Um, so it's like, you know, using something. So it's not on a stick usually, <laughs> but, uh, it like the spirals. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh, that's what that is. And then she called it Lubby. And I was like, that's funny. Um, so, so yeah, it was just like being able to see all those, um, all those aspects presented and not sort of like, um, like taken's the wrong word, but like you know, just used as opposed to, and or like it's not used, it's you know sort of given and given the the spotlight as opposed to just sort of being like, oh yeah, it's cooked into the inspiration. I thought that was super cool, and um, I think it, I think it was it, in the answer that uh, I was given at that press conference uh, by Miland um, Shinde. He was like. Like the goal wasn't to, like, like the goal is to keep the universality, right? Like it's not to make something only for Indians. Um, and I thought they did a good job at sort of holding true to that, that um, sort of mission because it was very Indian, but nothing in a way that was like, like nudge nudge wink wink. Hey, Indian audiences, this is for you. Like only you'll get this. Um, like there, it's still sort of kept within the, um, the sort of purpose of the bandits of Golak and, and it creates, it just creates a cool flavor for, for the story. Yeah. And like you were saying, uh, I remember the press conference, they were talking about like the colors, the foods, the shapes, cultural, and the way that like, Golak itself, um, 
I think it was wasn't named like inspired by it means round and people like they wanted the whole planet itself to be sort of like represent representative of like Indian culture, but not necessarily like you said, like not necessarily it has to fit in within Star Wars, but at the same time it is like showcasing that culture. And I just yeah, I just really loved the way that it blended really well. Like even the Inquisitor, like you, the animation style by the way was incredible. Like incredible, yeah, stunning. It was super cool. Oh my god. Really well done. Like the the purge troopers looked mm-hmm. that was so cool. Amazing. And they didn't feel like you know sometimes when you blend like different cultures and like styles, you think oh mate clash a little bit it didn't like nah. the Inquisitor was distinctly indian like design like it very much influenced by like different gods and you know, like the, the the amazing colors it was like the blue skin of what was really cool but it fit in within that it's sort of imperial inquisitor like stylistic looking d- design it was just so cool when it looked I like actually, star wars yeah like, it just did like in in the same way like jedda will look like a Middle Eastern city. Like, yeah. but still, Jetta is Star Wars. And so, so Golok, yeah, was like no different, just, just Indianish. <laughs> and I really, yeah, like I really appreciate like the small things that, like you say, like they're very much part of our cult, like very much part of our culture and different cultures in their own way, but are also very distinctly Star Wars. And one thing as well is like, like respecting elders. I feel like it's a very like, cultural part of like India but also like around the world but also very much Star Wars and having the old lady be like the Jedi was really cool and like looking after all these different people I thought it was really fun mm-hmm. yeah I um yeah I, th- I thought that was that was a really I, like obviously we knew from the trailer that it was her so there, it wasn't like as much surprise but it was no. it was just cool in how um they sort of built that out and it wasn't, they didn't know they were going to a Jedi kind of thing. They just knew this was a safe or could be a safe space, safe uh, place to, to go and be protected. And for, they didn't know why. Um, And yeah, I thought the, the use of the force was, was very fun and and cool. And in this, uh, in this episode, even, even though I was like, man, kid, you got enough food (laughs) on the train like that. You, you gotta be less smarter than that, man. <laughs> also, <laughs> fuck those dudes, you know? Yeah, dude. That's snitchy, true. Man. <laughs> but snitchy man, kid, go. you're making you really need that. You really need a safe place because mm-hmm. goddamn child, you know, hide you away. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I also thought that this was like a sort of a nice like, uh, well, first of all, this is one of my favorite stories from Volume 2. Um, I just thought it was a very beautiful style, the way it was told. The fight scene was awesome. Oh, beautiful! Um, but Throwing well, bowls thought, of of uh, of dinners at people. That was yeah, fun. <laughs> but I think <laughs> this story and the last story, our song, was a great sort of like parallel to Screech's Reach in a way, mm. um, and the way that we say goodbye and you know let people fulfill their destiny in a way for good and bad. I thought it was a really nice little contrast there as well. Yeah. I think Dahl's going to be regretting that fulfilling her destiny type. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. (laughs) Oh, God. Did you see the fan art already of that story? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I like that this both (laughs) of our reactions just, oh, no. (laughs) I'll see if I can send you it. Um, Orange eyes. 
I'll retweet it from the uh, ISP account as well on Twitter so everyone can see it. Yikes. Yeah. Just uh, piggybacking off of everything that has been said about this one. This was definitely one of my favorites. This is up there. This is high. Um, It was so fun and it felt so... It felt very Lucasfilm in a lot of ways, but while still feeling very, very immersed in Indian culture, in space Indian culture. Um, But yeah, it was such a beautiful, it was fun. It was heartbreaking. The action was incredible. Loved the train chase slash fight sequences. Loved the Inquisitors purge. It literally had so many things in it that made it so like, I felt every emotion under the sun watching this one. It was just it was just fulfilling from start to finish. It really was. And let me see this damn fan art. <sighs> Her yeah. face is so sad in the fan art. Doll no, looks yeah. so scared. <laughs> God damn. I want to see her in like full like Three, like three or four years from now, like full black, red lightsaber, yellow eyeballs, yellow eyeballs, blood on her hands. Oh, <laughs> God damn, she's a killer. Shit, She's calling people Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. Give me that lightsaber. Egypt. Here, yeah. <laughs> Should be the first uh, Star Wars character to drop a feck in Star Wars. <laughs> oh my god. Boba Fett. You're all Boba Fett. That's good. You're all fucking boring. What a good start. Uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, after that, we have the pit. Now, Claire. <laughs> Claire, Claire, Claire. <laughs> yes. You want to talk about the pit? I can sense. All right. Here is here's my comment to just to start off my my discussion of the pit with you all. To all of you out there creating lists, ranking these episodes, and putting the pit at number eight or number nine out of nine, you are fucking dumb. I just want that to be very clear. They're like, well, it was a really uh like predictable and expected. So did you not experience any fucking emotion of it? Did you not like, did you not experience the pit in your soul watching that whole thing? Did it not? God forbid some like, God forbid there's no lightsaber fights and you just have to feel something and connect with people. And God, just how did you not sit there and watch the pit with a pit in your stomach? I just don't understand and like it just chills through that whole thing and just like Luke Skywalker you know it just you've got to be brave and take a chance and one person can make a difference and save the day because when we are together there's more of us than there are of them and the people coming together to save the slaves from the pit because of the bravery of one person who against everyone else's ad- like advisement went there and made a difference and lost his life in a completely chilling, horrible, unsettling way. How did you... How are y'all ranking this number eight and number nine? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you people? Okay, sorry. Y'all may go. <laughs> I just want to point question. out 
<laughs> I, I don't I don't know if I can't remember if this was talked about much in the promotion elsewhere, but definitely it was the celebration. I don't know if you saw the panel, Claire. But um, so obviously this story was um, like produced by both the art. Uh, I can't say the last bit. Let me do that again. Is it Shatajia? Is that right, Nikki? Shatajia? Um, I don't have it in front of me, so I, I have Sh- to... Shatajia. Fuck it. Shatajia? Shatajia? Let's just go with it. This so obviously, is um, exciting. <laughs> uh-oh. This is my time cancelled. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't... <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so obviously this was uh, produced by the art... Judeo, <laughs> fuck it, no. <laughs> Struggle bus. Let's Start. see. Should- I'm gonna go with Judeo. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> dart. <laughs> Let's go, Dart. Shitia. I don't know. Shitia. Someone said it somewhere, like in the in some one of these. Um, Panels or something. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I didn't didn't research it enough. Shagio. Shagio. Okay. Shagio. Okay. Better. Beautiful. All right, ready? Go on with it. Yeah, so obviously this was produced by Shot. What the fuck is it? Shot. nailed it. Fucking nailed it. I'll just Jesus say this was produced by wet feces. Shart. <laughs> by wet shit. No, yeah. the people reviewing this episode are the wet shits. It's the one that I kind of accidentally gave out to finish it. Never force else. a fart. No. Never force a fart, ladies and gents. Oh, I nailed it. I went in with confidence. <laughs> you were so. You went in with your full chest. I believe in you. You got this. Okay. <coughs> sorry, Ben. You have to cut through all of this. I'm so sorry, Ben. <laughs> So obviously this was produced by the Art Shigio at Lucasfilm and uh, Leandre Thomas from Lucasfilm who wrote it um, and co-directed it talked about how this story really came to him and he started writing during like the lockdowns and the Black Lives Matter protests. So there's something so fundamentally tied to like the real life struggles that we've seen recently and not just recently but obviously throughout history and it's something that isn't over as much as people want to admit it. Like this is, this is struggles that we're going to con- see continue sadly. Damn. And I thought f- we solved racism. Did you? <laughs> Sorry. People don't even understand that <laughs> that's what this is about. Um, yeah. It's depressing that that doesn't come across in the, you know, it's like we, like Nikki said earlier, like this isn't so, it's very much in your... It's literally they've got told to dig a hole and we're left in it. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty yep. linear. It's almost like... It's almost a direct parallel to the people who, who built our country and the American South being completely left behind and are still being left behind to this day. <laughs> it's almost exactly like that. Almost. I don't but know. It just, it just really... It just really depressingly rang true so much. Obviously, we know that it, the empire is based on imperialism and fascism and, you know, just horrible structures of cruelty. But there's just something that very much hit just the way that um, 
the stormtroopers are clearly, you know, look like the police. Um, mm-hmm. And were backing people away and saying, don't get involved and dragging him all the way back. It was just horrific and just really nasty. And I think what added to it a little bit was obviously in the English dub, um, the stormtroopers were mainly played by Steve Bloom and Matt Wood. So it just, I don't know, it's, you know, not just the visuals of the stormtroopers, but hearing those two play them so often in video games. And we joke a lot, like, you know, the Fallen Order is pretty much Steve Bloom's clones. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it just added to it, like, the authenticity of it all, like, and really hit home, like, just how much we're still dealing with this stuff. And it's nice to see that there are good people out there. And I'm sure. I love the hopeful message, but also, I don't know. It it worries me that people don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> for for it, me, me, I was too. like, it if sh- it showed me what I think about society because I was convinced the city was not going to help them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, same, one hundred percent same. I'm like, oh no. damn. Well, there yeah. it goes. There goes the shot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, credit to Leandre Thomas too. You know, came into this with some hope for society <laughs> because he had all, he had all the right in the world to not have that um, exactly. And it's like it's yeah. I think you know he talked about um, you know this sort of coming up at that time. Uh, you know that sort of May June twenty twenty um, where there was so much uh, like you know upheaval, uncertainty, anger. Um, at the, you know, the state of what was going on. And, and I think an interesting thing he like, which I think is the power of star Wars too. He referred to working on this as a palate cleanser, um, which, you know, you, you would not necessarily think <laughs> when watching, right. when watching the pit, it's that this was any sort of like positive release. Like, like when I was watching the pit, I was like, oh man, this thing was probably drawn in anger and like written in anger. Right. Right? Like, um, there's so much, there's so much to, um, to sort of, you know, be mad about. And, and I think to be able to express it as, you know, this was the release I needed to, to rethink it all, to, to think about how we, how we're living. Um, and, I think yeah, it's it's incredibly powerful, and also also a shout out to Leandre Thomas who got to do who got to deliver a line that's probably like a bucket list moment for so many people, <laughs> which is oh yeah, so like uh, you know Dave Filoni was my mentor on this, and you know we kicked the story around in the office, <laughs> yeah. like he oh, just man. so casually mentioned he's like oh yeah, you know this Dave guy helped me out, um, and I love that, that guy's okay. Was, <laughs> yeah, you know, he knows just a few things. Um, I also love that it was co-directed by Justin Ridge, who I think was supervising director of Rebels for for season three and four. So you know, it's it's very rooted in in sort of Lucasfilm animation um, as well, it, and it's it's cool that Lucasfilm got to sort of dip in, and and Leandro Thomas I think did an excellent job at at sort of being being the voice for. Um, for the studio on on this visions project and and also shout out to david diggs who got to add another star wars character to his belt yes. <laughs> the, the multi-talented bastard david diggs who always welcome all, here takes all our jobs <laughs> <We can do laughs> everything. Um, so yeah, yeah he, he about, was, 
Oh yeah, sorry, speaking about the cast, just want to shout out mm-hmm. like you were saying that David Diggs, obviously incredible. Uh Anika Noni Rose, who yeah. is um Princess Tiana. Princess Tiana from Princess mm-hmm. and the Frog. Um and, and a beautiful singing voice. Cedric Yarbrough as well. Yeah. Who as we all know is the best character and one of the best characters in Bojack Horseman, uh, Officer Meow Meow Fuzzy Face. Um Meow Meow Fuzzy Face, literally rewatching that. I'm rewatching that right now, and every Meow Meow Fuzzy Face episode is the fucking best. The that is just chicken, iconic every moment. The, the chicken, chicken yeah, chicken for days, chicken for days. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that show. Yeah, we're insane. Becky, um, book back. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, <laughs> book back. Okay, I'm sorry. For those of you who don't watch Bojack Horseman, get on it, because that shit's good. That shit's really good. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, again, oh, the cast incredible. Uh, the visuals were really great. I remember them talking in the press conference that they were trying to aim for that traditional anime style. Knew that they went 2D, and they were definitely inspired by like the 80s, 90s animation, which it definitely comes across. Very traditional. Already really like, appreciate that sort of style. I think it fit really well. Um, the visuals are great. They did the classic sort of Breaking Bad, Cityscape, uh, light to dark, <laughs> you know, like the fast-paced mm-hmm. um, City, which I thought was really great to show the timescape. Um, that's what's so cool because it's like it's also just incredibly vague yeah like, it, it gets it across but like also you're like were they down there for like a year <laughs> like a month like but oh, then also yeah. everybody like looks too, too different like right. but it's, it's so effective um but also so vague and i think that's that's sort of where visions i think is is so powerful like it, in in the things it doesn't define like like the you know, earlier I was like, I don't remember anyone's name um, because it's, in the end, it's not actually too important. Um, it's it's like, yeah, it was just sort of the less said, the better, which I, which kind of feels like a, you know, I think also the format of of shorts, like that's kind of like how you have to play that game. Um, but yeah, I think there's just something so powerful about those kind of visuals and letting those visuals sort of do the talking as opposed to someone in the in the pit like wiping their brow and be like it's been three months you know yeah um, in the pit <laughs> in the pit <laughs> Wait. um so yeah it's uh it's just yeah it's super effective i i love it it's again like i even to claire's point which i agree with of where you put it in the list i also feel bad for anyone trying to make a list <laughs> Like, yeah, like, uh, well, just don't I, do it. Just it's just, don't. It's, it's like you, you're not gonna, you're gonna feel dirty in the end. You're gonna lose. Um, yeah. Claire, and I'm gonna yell at you. Wait, you can't have a go at them. You can't. Have what a if go I want to though? No, you can't. <laughs> because the algorithm. <laughs> oh fucking Christ! Um, Anger clicks, man. It's funny because they put the they put the shorts on Letterboxd, uh recently. Oh. And you know what I did? I tried to make a list. Oh, <laughs> and I pressed cancel. I couldn't. Good. Like, like, no. I just, I just couldn't do it in the end. Um, so it's just sitting there. <laughs> um, Not possible. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'll live with it for a year and then, and then decide. But no, it's. I think what you need to the do is just give just them all five stars. So minimal, and then add the uh, <laughs> the Keanu meme. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to give it five. Yeah. <laughs> five stars. stars. Oh man! Now that you brought up John Wick, let me just say, John Wick Four, Chapter Four, 
is the best action movie I've ever seen. So you gotta get on that. I'm so mad I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, like I'm so mad. Go watch it in a theater if you can, because if you watch it later, you'll regret not having seen it in a theater. It's it's so good. It's like it's it's one of those things where they're like, Oh, is it do they do they make it better than the rest? Yes, they make it better than the rest. Um oh. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie Yen. I'm, Go support your Star Wars alum. Yes. Oh my god. Best Donnie Yen character I've ever seen. Oh. That's some uh, high praise there, Nikki. I haven't seen John Wick one. What? I know. But you saw two and three, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any John Wick. What? I'm not really an action to person live. per se. To live so. Uh, you are a Star Wars fan. You dedicated your life to Star Wars. <laughs> to live with such a hole in your I life. I know. You need Wish to get on that, man. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh god oh, damn it. The pit. <laughs> the pit. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Jesus. Um No, yeah, I, I, I want to watch it. It's on the to-do list. Oh, I've seen like bits and pieces of the first one. I know he rides a horse at some point in some film. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> I know That's true. Guys. That's true. That is a fact. That happens. As it does to all of us, um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I think uh, <laughs> back to back to the pit. It's um, it's again, you know, like we're not. I don't think we're gonna teach anyone anything about <laughs> about visions. Like it, it's so blatantly um, on the screen, which I think is is such a a great um, like a strong point of of what all of this does. It's it's it only has the time to be direct so it's going to be direct um and i and i love that you know the kyber crystal is is such a big part of it and that really sort of feeds into the the following one too and they become this like um sort of duology of of kyber sort of being at the heart of it which i which i thought was kind of a cool way to end yeah and the way like kyber is like reflective of life and how it could be like nature it can be corrupted and also fixed and helped which like you said uh pushes us into our last story which is our song by triggerfish um and this is one that just looked visually just so appealing <laughs> um mm-hmm. i remember at the press conference uh they talked that the creators talked about how Star Wars is about spirituality and how the visuals are inspired by nature and Cape Town, particularly the mountainscape. Um, how singing relates to spirituality, uh, spirituality and how that's personal about growth um, and how they connect the land through singing. Which I thought was just a really great way of like, you know, like the force is everything we see it in different ways and used in different ways and just seeing it be used via singing was a really sweet touch, I thought. Yeah, this one this one makes me very happy. Um it scores high <laughs> on on my my whatever list I try to think of. Um I think there is on your not rankings. <laughs> yeah. Just a grouping. Um Yeah, I think there's uh there is just such a level of of sweetness <laughs> to this one. Um <laughs> you know, I I a, a caring family, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's very, very sort of totally different from the pit. 
Um, and, and, you know, it, it's sort of a, a peaceful sort of existence, even though there is this, um, this danger associated with the corrupted kyber crystal. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, like, again, just sort of thinking back on Visions season, Volume 1, the way they ended with Akakiri was pretty dark. Um, and the way Volume 2 ends with, with Aosung was, like the polar opposite <laughs> and it was it was <laughs> such a like beautifully soft even like soft literally because they're like felt um model you know stop motion. right yeah um like th- there's just such a softness and sort of sweetness to this one and and just this little child sort of singing to to do this like painstaking pro- like long process of uh of curing the kyber crystals and and her voice is you know this uh, you know unlocking mechanism that just does the whole job <laughs> like it's 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 such a cool sort of again comment on this again similar to in the stars and and the village bride and this sort of connection to the planet that is is so important and um i thought that was just amazing and then the yeah, the sort of landscapes and how they, yeah, they talked about being inspired by South Africa and, um, you know, just being able to put your home into, into Star Wars. It, like, it must be very, um, sort of gratifying. And, and yeah, this, this is just a, a very sweet way to end. Claire? Oh, hello. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier in the episode or not, but this was my cat's favorite episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as she actually paid attention to the Renowned television. And yes, <laughs> you know that it's good because the song, uh, you know, little, little song stuff would got her attention on the television. And then she realized that they were fuzzy creatures that hopefully she could attack. So she, uh, went up to the television and looked behind the television. So, you know, um, cat-approved episode. I know that's the standard we're really um, breaking down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nikki, after I was texting that since they'd all seen Visions before I had, I was texting my progress to the Imperial Senate group chat. And I was just, you know, after the previous two episodes, I was like, oh, damn, my whole soul is like hurting right now. And Nikki pitched this episode as a warm hug, and that is exactly 100% accurate spot on. This episode, it just filled me with so much. Just It was just adorable, and like there was so much love in this episode, and it always makes me sad when, you know, th- this repeated story throughout the entire season of the child uh, you know, having to part from their family and and learn the ways of the Jedi, but this one felt so hopeful and and beautiful and like truly wonderful. The mind of a child is is just what rang through my heart throughout this whole episode. And you know what a what a beautiful way to end all of this. It just I needed that this warm hug of an episode and. um yeah, it was great. I loved the. It was beautiful. It was like 
visually stunning um, and adorable. And, you know, it just, it just, it just felt good. And I needed that real bad. Do you know what as well? And I don't want it to sound like condescending because I truly did adore everything about this episode. I thought it was really beautiful. The colors were incredible. But the animation style, like the way it was done, like we said, the felt texture was amazing. But I really, I really do like the, the style of it, and something that brought me so much joy because obviously the, the story itself is very deep and about like you know connection to the force and voice and spiritualism. But something that really hit me, oh my god, I really loved was when they were eating food and they go like nom 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 nom. Yes, <laughs> I love it that. can be both. It can be so deep and spiritual, and and then it can also be nom nom. You can have it all. Like it had big yeah. Animal Crossing energy, mm-hmm. like the eyes, like just bobbing the head. Oh my god, one hundred percent. I like. That. Yeah, I think that's again, like that's what that's what this is able to do, you know, and and how it can be, it can be both. Like the medium itself allows it to be as as sort of deep as it is silly. Um, so yeah, it. I, I remember that part too, and just yeah, puts a smile on the face. Yeah, that's the joy of Star Wars, right? It's like, okay, tell me what the story is about. Well, it's about uh, you know letting go and how we can heal, um, you know, the decimation of nature through greed and corruption, through the power of song and spirituality. Okay, what's your favorite part? When they went nom nom nom, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's both. It's everything, and that's what <laughs> Star Wars is about. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. I just think that overall, like you were saying, like compared to volume one, which again, I loved, but this definitely had like a nice little balance of stories. There was the ups, there was the downs, there was the um, the highs and the lows. And I do think like ending on a high note just felt right. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. Maybe it's just like, this period of time that we're in, just a bit of positivity, a bit of optimism is always great. So yeah really enjoyed this and i'm i'm very happy and i really hope i know it's the typical thing of saying oh wish we had more but i really do hope that you know that these producers who did an amazing job and are doing an amazing job get to work with more creative and just beautiful storytellers because there's so much to tell and there's so many great studios out there that maybe don't get enough appreciation and you know we talk about this a lot how animation is often like laughed at or frowned upon or seen as the kiddie style or whatever and you know we've got Guillermo del Toro out here pushing for looking at animation properly and viewing it as a exactly. canvas and just yeah it's, there's so many great stories that can be told in different formats it can be told and so fingers crossed we get more yeah I'd love animation is not a genre <laughs> when del Toro said that at the uh at the Oscars, literally, that's exactly where my brain went, Charlie. So thank you for reading my mind. It is not a genre. It is a method of storytelling. Yep. Yep. And yeah, it makes me really um, sort of, I'd love to be, I'd love to like Jake break into James Waugh's office and like find the document <laughs> of like, who else are they thinking about? Um to, to do these sort of things because yeah, I think, yes. I think there's like a limit. It literally is like a limitless well, or maybe not literally. There's always a limit, but, but, uh, you know, limit like, does not exist there. <laughs> there is. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's appropriate. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's so much more to, 
to sort of get out of people from around the world in terms of telling these stories. And because Star Wars is, you know, the biggest or one of the biggest things um, in a storytelling sense, like it, there, there will be, you know, no, no shortage of, of people wanting to, to dip in and, and have a shot at it. So yeah, I think the support and the um, response to visions, both volume one and volume two, I think will keep it, will keep it healthy and keep it a, um, hopefully, uh, when, when did volume one come out? Was that last year or the year before? It was the year before. It was 2021. Okay. So, so hopefully we're sitting here and, uh, you know, the, the, the lead up to celebration 2025 with, with visions volume three, um, ready to, ready to launch. So, yeah, I, I think, um, I think it's such a, it's such a special project. I think maybe it was on the, the last episode where I was like, I think it, there's an argument that can be made that it's the, it's the most special project Lucasfilm is doing. Um, because of how it really, it sort of celebrates our culture as much as it celebrates Star Wars. Exactly. That's a, it, it, like, it just shows what it, at the same time, it, it shows what a big and diverse and beautiful world we live in, but it also shows how, you know, how universal the central themes of, of storytelling from Star Wars is. And it just brings the world a little bit closer together through Star Wars storytelling and animation. So, I mean, I think it's pretty neat. <laughs> I think it's pretty neat. I agree. <laughs> 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 of, uh, I forget which Star Wars movie it is, but it's like somebody says something like, like I don't know if it's profound or not, but it's it's purposeful, and I think Yoda just goes, "I agree," <laughs> <laughs> and then like leaves it at that. <laughs> He's got some great lines, like Yoda, yeah. hasn't he? Around the survivors, guy. a perimeter created. <laughs> He's thinking on a whole different level. So He's just like. Yeah, what he said. I know we're off topic for a second, <laughs> but can I just talk about the thing that makes me annoyed is that people don't understand how Yoda speaks still. Mm-hmm. And they're always the ones that think they're big Star Wars fans. And it's only annoyed me because Damon, you know the Damon Lindelof thing we mentioned last week? Mm-hmm. There was a quote in it which made me <laughs> like, this makes, I'm the bad nerd because I'm, this bothers me, I guess. Um, but <laughs> that's a quote he said. And it really pissed me off. Um, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the quote and I'm going to read you what I said out loud whilst reading it. Um, <laughs> which, hang on, let me find it. What a fucking nerd, am I right, Nikki? This guy's going to go turbo on some poor screenwriter right. who's probably striking right now. This is what it says again. Let me get this out of the way first. We stand with WGA members and writers. But also, let me get this straight. But also. Um, he said, um, the original Star Wars film was the first direct, it was the first film the director ever saw in theaters, and he's still in love with the storytelling. If at first you don't succeed, try and try again, he jokes. Or, again, again, try, as Yoda would say. No, he wouldn't. Oh, Lord, here we go. No, he wouldn't. 
That's not, how it, that's not how it phrased. That's not how it's phrased. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, Damon. You don't. You don't got to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. Steven Howler. Yeah, so I'm fine. sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah, we got to air our grievances every now and again. You tell him. You tell him, Charlie. Maybe that's why you were fired from a Star War. Dude, can you imagine? Like, he just kept talking to Captain <laughs> Kennedy in Yoda voice. I'm misquoting Yoda. <laughs> He's like, you Using need to stop that syntax. or you're gone. <laughs> He's like, mm, fire me, you cannot. <laughs> She's like, okay, you're, you're, you're out. You're out. We're getting, we're getting, give me the Peaky Blinders guy. He ain't going to pull this. <laughs> Don't fire me, please, as Yoda would say. <laughs> You're like, oh my god. To quote Yoda in the Senate chamber fighting Darth Sidious. <laughs> <laughs> quote Lego Yoda. <laughs> um, oh but yeah, god. before we wrap up, I think we've got a few questions, Claire, right? We do. Um, so we have actually two questions from Tom the Fanboy on Twitter at Tom the Fanboy. Uh, since we only got a tie-in novel for one short from the first season, which episode from season two would you like to have its own tie-in novel? Oh, I like that. Hmm. Oh man. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. What novel will I not read? Hmm. <laughs> That's true. On your part, anyway. I'd read the shit out of it. I want a spy dancer novel. I'll start there. I want a spy dancer novel. Yeah. I think that would be so cool. It would be such an interesting, you know, such an interesting story to see. What is the, the, what is the agent callous come back to the light moment? You know, does it have to be a novel? Well, that was the question. Can it, can it be a type of book? Because sure. I think a Screech's Reach sort of storybook would be really good, like a like a Grimm, like tale. a children's story, like a Grimm, like a ghost story. Yeah, like a Brothers Grimm style. Like it's like it's a story, but it has like really great old fashioned illustrations to scare kids. Would be good because I feel like you need the bit of visuals there as well. Yeah. Those visuals are stunning, and they <laughs> Charlie's like, can it be a coloring spooky. book? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> can it be a pop-up book? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Can it be um, a short film? <laughs> yeah, fifteen <laughs> minutes. I'd prefer to watch. Jesus um, Christ! I I'm gonna go with um the bandits of Golok and sort of. Hey. See what if if there's sort of a, a a training or whatever that Ronnie goes through to to um better hone her her powers. I think that could be interesting. Her lightsaber's a flute. That'd be that'd be dope, right? Yeah. You better be careful. Don't don't put that thing on your mouth. You definitely have you to blow from the other shit. side. Yeah, yeah the non emitter sure. side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can fire like musical notes, like a lightsaber, like uh, Doctor Strange. Now we're talking. <laughs> there money we go. Right there. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's gonna be more like. I need it. I love it. How would that be oh, real? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. Uh, 
was the other question, Claire? Yeah. yeah, so Tom, the fanboy, has another question. He says, and also, what was your favorite background gag in I Am Your Mother? I know we touched on this the other day, Charlie, but you go on. You Whoever wants to start, y'all start. Background joke. Mm. Well, the Mazkanar one is obviously very funny, as we mentioned before earlier. Um... Mm. I think mine oh, is. Oh, you know what? Oh, sorry, Nikki, you go first. I was just gonna say quickly. Um, I, I did mention like wedges merchandise, giving me a good laugh. But I think my my favorite, the one thing that always makes me laugh the most, I think, is less like a background gag, is more just like a front Visual. and center gag, <laughs> and that's the little like mini Death Star that pops out of <laughs> Yes! Oh my god, I died! I like how the, I died. the beams come yeah, together as, as we know they do with the Death Star and just like pew pew! Um, oh my god, that was so good. That always makes me laugh. Oh, that might be mine too. And, and honestly, that's, I felt, that's just, that was so silly and I thought it was so good. Yeah. Also, kind of an insensitive uh, <laughs> joke to do in Wedges Academy. I mean, come but, on, you know. let's be clear. They're, they're very much their closet Imperials. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. they're Imperial uh, sympathizers. They, they do Vader, chic hairstyle. The haircuts give it right away, yeah. I think, as well, I'm going to go with a upfront visual gag, which I, and they, it's just one of those classic sort of film gags from, you see from Ardman all the time, which is um, when you first see the Oh, what are they, what's their names again? The 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 mum and the daughter, the evil mum and the evil daughter. Oh, oh hold on, I Bond. got it. They are they're um, Julan and Dorota. But they're Van Reepel. Van Reepel. <laughs> Van Reepel. <laughs> so when we get introduced to Van the Van Reepel <laughs> family, <laughs> and they like both do this like movement when they, they cross their arms and turn to the side, and then the background, like the poster, does the exact same thing. Oh yeah, on the bit the big screen. Yeah, like that's yeah. the sort of visual gag that I, I really appreciate. Yeah, that's, that's, that's less of a great. Easter egg. And then of course there's loads of Wallace and Gromit Easter eggs in there. Like I said, the cheese robot and the the rocket. I'm still looking because obviously Ardman always like to drop a a cameo Easter egg of uh, the penguin <laughs> from the wrong trousers. Mm-hmm. So I'm still looking for him. Feathers Mc what is it called? Feathers McCraw, I think he's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another another part that always makes me laugh is when it cuts to the um, the Wookiee family and the baby Wookiee's flying it's the so ship. Incredible! <laughs> like, they're all panicking and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like whatever. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, Fifth McGraw. Oh. I, I haven't seen if he's in. Uh, <laughs> I am your mother yet, but it'd be it'd be funny if he's in there somewhere. He should be. Oh. All right, so we have another question from Snoke's Legs, <laughs> which is a great name, um, at Snoke's Legs. Uh, which short, if the creators felt inclined to agree, would you like to see as a feature-length film? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have kind of a funny story about this. Um, so I, I'm making one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually when I got to do this um, sort of round table with Rodrigo Blas, who did Sith, um, my, my question for him was actually like, because uh, based on stuff he, because he actually did Troll Hunters with 
um, Guillermo del Toro on Netflix. And so the history of that is like, um, I think it, it was originally supposed to be a feature film that he and Guillermo were going to di- like co-direct. And then what eventually happened was it became a, um, a series on Netflix. And I think it ran for like three seasons. Um, so like, obviously a lot changes in how you tell a story when it's a film versus a season of television. And so I think like I asked him with sort of like that experience, if he thought like visions benefits are like artistically or otherwise um, from being a series of shorts on, on, on a streaming platform as opposed to, or, or like if they benefit from being shorts or if, he thinks they could be just as effective as feature films. And I think he he wasn't as like upfront in saying saying it, but I think the point he was making was that it's like that he thought they work better as shorts. Um yeah. So it's like I get the I get the impulse of the question, but I don't know if I have an answer because it's like I don't know if you improve on the story by changing the way it's told. Um, right. So I, I thought that was an interesting kind of answer because it's like the, the ability to make snapshots, I think is what gives it its strength. Um, so yeah. What was the question again? Was it which one to continue as a feature? If you if you could make it into a feature, I believe, like I was like, just take one and feature it out. Yeah. Um, or, like, oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. Or expand yeah. it or something along those lines. Um, let's see. I gotta. Just scroll through it. <laughs> I mean, I've got an answer. Yeah, you go for it. What's yours? I mean, if any, if I had any trust in anyone, like I don't, not like I don't have any trust in any of the uh, amazing teams out there. But if I were to like bank on a story that could expand from a short into a motion picture, I think I'm gonna have to go with Ardman just because they've done it. I knew you'd say that. Um, yeah, you know, like Wallace and Gromit, of course, were started off as like short films, and even Shaun the Sheep. I mean, he's had like a few motion pictures now. Get <laughs> um, <laughs> that multi. Multi film deals on the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> living in his mansion. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I just, the idea of seeing like a whole film set around this, like, if it's I Am Your Mother, or even like expanding on bits and pieces, like maybe like focusing on the Wookiee family, or like focusing on. You can do on, like the Flight Academy, like as the Flight the, Academy would be that's like, the a fun story, one. story, yeah. And then imagine how many Easter eggs. Uh, there would definitely be a Fervus McGraw cameo in there. Just the idea of like <laughs> seeing like. Ardman style Jedi Council. Like mm-hmm. one of the people on the council was Feathers McGraw. <laughs> little red thing in his so head. Funny. <laughs> That's, yeah, so I'd go with Ardman. Yeah. I think um I think I'll pick one that I I'm constantly afraid of I don't give enough love to. So I'm gonna go with Journey to the Dark Head. Um mm-hmm. because I think there's a there's a lot there's packed a lot. into that one. Um, that whole war, yeah, my I think god, you could really sort of build out, build out that like temple that the girl comes from. Um, Ara is her name, I think. Um, you could build that sort of society out. You could build out the Jedi Sith conflict. You could really expand on why that particular Sith Lord 
um, has his claws in, in, uh, the main Jedi character kid. Um, so yeah, I'll go with Journey to the Dark Head. That'd be a fun one to see even bigger. That's a good one. What about you, Claude? That's a good one. <sighs> it's so hard. I see you trying because to avoid I think the question. That... What? <laughs> I see you trying to avoid the question. No, I'm not avoiding it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I think that you make a very good point for I Am Your Mother because that would just be so full of of gags and Easter eggs and cameos. That would be just a delightful, fun experience to watch. But I think what I would like to do, because animation-wise, I think that it's so damn cool. And I know I want to know more about all of the characters, how they got to this point, and why they're still being hunted um, in that sense, I, w- I think Sith would be a really fucking cool feature length film. Um, and, you know, exploring more about, about that story with our, with our S- Lola, our Sith defector. Um, Lola. Also, <laughs> also E2 was, was fucking adorable. So um, I think that'd be cool. I loved the action sequences in that one. They were so just like visually incredible i felt like i was a little bit high the entire time i watched it although i was stone cold sober so um i think that would be a very cool film it's very it reminded me in a lot of ways of like how i felt watching into the spider verse you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that'd be a very cool i'll say that one i'll say sith yeah okay let me go to the next question let me where did i Hold on. I'm going to find the next question. I promise. Dang it. It X'd out. I'm going to get it. Love how I set that up like I was ready to tell you the next question. Okay. From Kalichi Enhuelo. K Enhuelo at Twitter. Um, what animation studio would you love to see get a shot at the next series of Star Wars Visions? Oh, that's a good question, too. That's a good one. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Furiously Google's all animation studios. <laughs> I have an answer for this. You go then. Yeah, I so I will say that I'm not I'm not as knowledgeable in terms of international animation studios, but one studio based out of Portland, Oregon that is very close to my heart um is the Leica Studios. Mm-hmm. Um of Coraline and Paranorman and Box Trolls and uh, Help with the Corpse Bride. And I would love to see a spooky, creepy, uh, almost claymation-y looking uh, Star Wars Visions short. And keep it creepy. I love I love a little creepiness in my life. So it'd be cool. I like them. I think they do a good job. Um. Let's see. Uh, what is the name of the studio? I'm trying to find it. Um, ah, here we go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot of the um, sort of international studios as well, but I want to go with Titmouse, <laughs> who does um, Galaxy of Avengers. <laughs> no, they do lower decks. Um, oh, Star Trek. whoa! Okay, I thought Titmouse did um 
did that too. I don't, I don't know. See, I don't actually know. Um, but I, I love this, the style of lower decks. Uh, so, um, I think that would be fun. All, yeah. And I like the name. Yeah. <laughs> mouse is also a funny name. Need mouse. Do you have one, Charlie? I'm just, I need to Google this for my own insanity. This is very important. Um, I don't know about an animation studio, per se. Um, <laughs> so fuck the question. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more of like a, like a coloring book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, the golden, little golden book. Little golden book. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know about specifically. I don't know. I don't know if they did the actual. Like, I don't know what the production company was, but in terms of like artistic styling, uh, we kind of mentioned it a little bit. Um, in terms of, you know. Oh, by the way, they did do Galaxy Adventures. Nice. Hey. So yeah, there you go. Um, no, I really like Lisa Hannawalt's style, who did BoJack Horseman. Yes, and I think her like BoJack. her like way of the way she draws like human animals is so because there's so many puns in it. It's just so fun, and her like designing different creatures and stuff, or like redesigning creatures that we've already seen would be very funny. And just the amount of gags you could have in the background, like. The Bojack Horseman so would be really funny to watch, and if they get some of the cast from Bojack in it, like having uh, Paul F. Thompson <laughs> in Star Wars again would be pretty fun. He's always welcome. Another lower decks uh, voice, right? It's true, yeah. Doctor Miglimo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. He's welcome in all animation projects, in my book. Oh, definitely. Um, but we also have a question from our email. Um, and it is not visions related. It is general star Wars related, but as it was May the 4th this week, um, we're, we're ending it on a, on a feels note. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Brennan Marr asks, what are the moments in the star Wars franchise that make you cry? Oh boy. What moments don't make a me cry? A lot of them. Everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> the simpler one is what doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's um, so true. Man. What a what a loaded question! Yeah, let's um, just let's, let's just get this out there. A bunch of moments make us cry. Let's so many. pick one particular one off the top of our heads. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one that makes us cry the most. Or yeah, let's just pick one that I've got one. If you want me to go first, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, as you know, if you've listened to the show before, my favorite piece of music in Star Wars and my favorite characters are the Space Twins. Uh, and Luke and Leia makes me cry every single time. In fact, when I went to go see the, mm-hmm. I went to London for the Anna, it was, it was Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, but I won a ticket to, at the same time they were doing like these live venue places around the world to watch the trailer for the first time. Um, R1 was in London, hosted by, it was at Leicester Square, hosted by Warwick Davis. And I think they like cut to it in the celebration panel, they're like around the world. You can see all these different places. Um, I was in the London one, got to see the second trailer for the first time on the big screen. And as we were leaving, they started playing Luke and Leia and I wept. Like I, I, the two were home. I managed to keep myself intact. Hmm. And I was like, 
I was about what, 18, so I was like, I did it. I'm a grown up now. Nothing can break me. <laughs> I'm an adult. And then literally the lights come up, and then all we hear is. Da, 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 da. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not an adult anymore. Um, so that always hits me. And the moment in The Last Jedi when Luke appears and says sorry to Leia, mm. and then the music <sighs> comes in. And they no and one's ever really gone. No one's ever bullshit. really gone. And he kiss, gives it not bullshit. Fucking beautiful. He gives it the kiss on the head. And oh, to quote Scrooge, Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hmm. Yeah, I guess like just going going from gut. The the biggest ones are, um. Luke throwing the lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. Oh, and fuck yeah. Han coming back to Ben on, uh, oh. on what's it called? Keth Beer on the Death Star wreckage. Um, yeah, those are, those are the ones that I think, like, just sort of immediately, oh my god, actually, the, the end of the rescue. <laughs> with, with, uh, uh, Grogu. Getting Din to take his helmet off and show him his face. Oh, oh my fucking god, it, Nikki! Uh, That's all. I, whenever god. that like music comes on, I think it's called "Open the Door." The the track. Whenever that comes on, I'm like immediately sent back, and I'm like, man, I remember being a mess. <laughs> it's so good. God damn, yes to all of it. To be honest with you. God, there's so many moments in Star Wars that are so heartbreaking and beautiful and like I'm a sucker. Like I see a cute dog on the street and cry. Um I'll just quickly rapid fire a couple because I can't narrow it down to just one either. Like When I'm gonna I die have- died. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Did that episode How did you know? <laughs> He's one of my favorite um, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what pimp? Um I will say, um, uh, siege, siege of Mandalore. The moment, the Order sixty six moment when Rex, uh, you know, just basically everything at the end of Siege of Mandalore, everything that Rex says or does, and watching him try and stop himself from harming Ahsoka, and and watching him have realized that he's going to have to harm his brothers and stuff like that. Like fucking hell, that hurts my whole life. Um, you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. I don't care. I've seen it 900 times. It makes me ugly cry to this day. Um, your father would be proud with the music swelling as the explosions come in their way and Rogue oh, One. that hits me every time. Um, that's, that whole last 45 minutes I fucking sobbed through. There's like just no way. I'm like, I'm a big kid. I've seen this before. I'm not going to cry this time. Lies. <laughs> Freaking lies. Trent never comes Gareth. <laughs> God, stop it. It's like, oh, <laughs> chills, chills. I can't. Ugh, they've done it. May the for, also Rogue One, may the force be with you. I, I can't. You want me to just lose my whole life? Um, Kane and Jarrus at the end of Rebels when he protects them in the, the Blasty Blast and Jedi Knight. Um, yeah, There's- basically, Star Wars, you do a good job at making me cry. Just, just after you're saying that Kanan part, there's also that scene in, um, I think it's the Wolf in the Door where like 
his ghost is like over Hera's shoulder. Oh, I yeah. remember that one. That's a big one. God and then, damn. yeah, with Rebels and, you know, the finale of Rebels is like, it's definitely one Sobbing of those two. the whole time. Um, as, when Ezra's like on the bridge with Thrawn, that always gets me. Um, the message from Ezra mm. gets me when he yeah. says there are multiple parts. Oh. Uh, uh, Chopper, also, when, he gives, be... when he gives Hera the hand. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I'd also be um, neglecting <laughs> the uh, entire last episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was about to say it, yeah. <laughs> that's just, oh my God. That's just torture. That's yeah. just painful. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's uh, the power of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely definitely cutting onions through that entire last episode of Kenobi. That's what it was. Also, a lot of onions to be sliced. The moment, I think the last one I'll pick. The moment that always like I don't know why it, it, it doesn't surprise me, but always you know you try to like block it out of your memory until you watch it again, and you forget just how devastatingly sad it is. Is when the Ewok gets killed in Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah. And it's just the oh, it's just the smell no. of the music. And the, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, don't go. And his buddy checking in on him. You owed me God money. Damn. <laughs> 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 my wife. <laughs> Where's my favorite sweater? <laughs> you borrowed it last Christmas. Blood on it. You got blood on it. Oh no. Um. Yeah, it's it's an endless list, but I think we 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 nailed some good moments. Do you think the dead Ewoks that you know the, the Ewoks that died in the battle? That's like the huts where like Poe's mum and dad like fuck because <laughs> no one's using them. <laughs> God damn! Holy shit! Well, circle of life. Thanks for that. Well, I'm only asking. Maybe the Ewoks have dedicated sex huts. So. Sex huts. <laughs> I want like, specifically for it. Yeah, you know, Ewok massage like, uh, parlors. They're <laughs> they just set aside space for activities. You know. So I heard that uh, if I pay you <laughs> extra twenty dollars, you can give me a a yubba nub. <laughs> oh no, a yubba rub. Yubba rub. <laughs> 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 like what do you play? <laughs> what do you play to get in the mood on Endor? <laughs> He's just beating the stormtrooper helmets with dildos. <laughs> the lady, oh lady equivalents available in uh, Kef beer. Let me splash you some Kef beer. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's probably <laughs> our saddest moment. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast. Oh, <laughs> well, on that note, Yikes. I think that's all we got time for. Um, <laughs> again, I want to say thank you to Lucasfilm for giving us access to um, Star Wars Visions. Uh, the access that was incredible. Um, to all the creators, thank you so much for all your hard work. It was um, just incredible to see. But in terms of us, where can we find you guys, Claire? Where can we find you online and all that stuff? Well, you can catch me every Sunday night on Broaxium on YouTube and later on Spotify, 
We're audio only, but it's a lot of fun if you want to join in the live chat. Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I'll be shooting the Poodoo with the rest of the Poodoo crew. And for Broaxium, I also cover um, quick shot previews of each new issue of Dr. Afra. I'm just saying, if you have not been caught up on Dr. Afra, stop whatever you're doing. Stop your life. Go do it. Uh, this episode that came out, or this issue that came out over May the 4th was... <sighs> You want to talk about things that make you cry? That was an emotionally charged uh, issue of comic bookery, so go check that out. Um, but otherwise, you can catch me um, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Cstribs, and you can catch me occasionally streaming the Vidja games on the Imperial Senate Podcast YouTube, Twitter, and Tik or and and Twitch. There we go. Too many T social media words, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Nikki, yeah, you can um, find my. Nonsense at Nequitius, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to One and Done Film Club at One, the letter N, Done Show on whatever um, podcasting platform you prefer. And you can listen to Rewatch Between Worlds on Octo Radio for all your Rebels love. Uh, basically, just a, a full rewatch of Star Wars Rebels plus their Rebels recons. Um, so that's a fun thing. And also through Octo Radio is where you can at some point see, um, this round table we did with, uh, Rodrigo Blas, who, who created Sith and, um, good friend of the show, Goose from, uh, Triad of the Forces there too. So go see, go check that out when, uh, if you feel so inclined and see what Rodrigo had to say about, um, Sith and Star Wars and all that cool stuff. He's a very, very cool thoughtful artists. So it was a fun conversation. Yeah. And before I jump into my plugs, I just want to plug, like you said, our good friend Goose uh, at Tried of the Force, who has a latest episode out where he talks to the producers uh, of Visions. And we, I think we talked about this before in the celebration episode. Um, you can see the difference between when producers get asked like the repetitive dull questions and the, the, the what they get, like, their faces when they get told actually intriguing genuine questions and i recommend watching the <laughs> trial of the force recent youtube video and subscribing to them by the way as well because you can see goose asking these questions and just how like relieved and delighted <laughs> the producers faces are when they actually get something to you know it's like intelligent to talk about for a change i've got course. a i've got a story that i'm gonna tell when we press stop recording <laughs> <laughs> i gossip. wait for that um but until then you can find me on twitter at cmwashby and on instagram at charlie mwashby you can find all my other links and stuff on my link tree in my bio but until then thank you so much for listening to the show we can't wait to see further star wars stories and we'll keep talking about what makes us happy and what we love about this amazing franchise so until then see ya bye, bye. Thank you for listening to the Imperial Senate Podcast. If you would like to hear more from the Senators, please visit our website at imperialsenatepodcast.com. There you will find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as our Discord server, Twitch, and YouTube channels. You can also email us at imperialsenatepodcast at gmail.com. And please consider leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Thank you.
dissolved the council permanently. The last remnants of the old republic have been swept away.